BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Thursday, September 21st, 2023. Lieutenant Colonel Karen Kwiatkowski joins us now. Colonel Karen, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much uh, for coming here. How um, fruitless do you think uh, President Biden's speech and other efforts were at the United Nations uh, this week in his attempts to demonize Russia and prop up Ukraine. They were remarkably fruitless, I think, and in part because um, I understand uh, half of the attendees weren't even in the audience there at the UN. I mean, it was very, uh, many of the, uh, what we used to call third world countries, the brick aligned countries, uh, much of the global South, uh, many of them are tired of hearing uh, that resources they feel might go to them or should be uh, focused on their areas, real interests are being spent on a war that is being lost uh, day by day. And um, they, they don't really support it. They kind of knew what he was going to say and didn't want to hear it. Um, those that were there, um, it was a very, uh, it was a very weak uh, speech in terms of advocacy for continued failure. People are tired of listening to it. Were you, um, were you surprised that instead of being uh, the world statesman, he just sounded like a political hack trying to uh, demonize uh, something that the neocons have fruitlessly been attempting to demonize for years? I mean, their whole theory behind this war, as I perceive it, I suspect you agree, but don't let me put words in your mouth, is that um, Ukrainian ultranationalism would defeat a weak Russia. And it turns out that U Ukrainian ultra-corruption is being crushed by a militarily dominant Russia. The neocons have it in, in reverse. Yeah. No, it's true. And, and I think, um, uh, you know, Biden has been receiving this, uh, you know, he, he's, a, he's a vessel for the neoconservative worldview, and he has been for a long, long time. And he's also not really... Um, able to comprehend new information. I mean, he's kind of like, we know what he's going to say. I think the whole world knows what he's going to say. And I think if they're watching his speeches at all, they're looking for uh, um, signs of his own physical or mental weakness rather than his message. So it's a dry, stale, inappropriate message. Uh, he's not updating it. Uh, no one's listening to him. And the neocon storyline, of course, has been proven wrong many times before, but certainly certainly in this particular Ukraine story. Um, what the neocons are saying, what they promised, 
very obviously not happening. I'll tell you, uh, Joe Biden was not always a captive of the neocons. I mean, there was a time when he was what what your generation and mine call a, a JFK, Scoop Jackson, um, moderate uh, Democrat who understood the need for defense, but wasn't necessarily in favor of all these crazy wars. But now domestically captured by the hard left, all, all the woke nonsense, which unfortunately has affected the military too. Foreign policy-wise, he's captured by the neocons, whatever they are. They're former lefties. Some of them are former uh, communists. I don't know what they call themselves on the ideological spectrum, but they just want to kill, 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 and they think they can use um, Ukraine as a battering ram to drive President Putin from office. But I want to play the clip of um, President Biden at the U.N. We think this is the most uh, absurd part of the speech because he's saying President Putin can stop this war tomorrow. He really should be referring to himself. He could stop the war actually just by walking down from the podium and telling President Zelensky it's over. Here's the president two days ago. And we strongly support Ukraine and its efforts to bring about a diplomatic resolution that delivers just and lasting peace. But Russia alone, Russia alone bears responsibility for this war. Russia alone has the power to end this war immediately. And it's Russia alone that stands in the way of peace because the Russia's price for peace is Ukraine's capitulation, Ukraine's territory, and Ukraine's children. Russia believes that the world will grow weary and allow it to brutalize Ukraine without consequence. But I ask you this, if we abandon the core principles of the United States to appease an aggressor, can any member state in this body feel confident that they are protected? If we allow Ukraine to be carved up, is the independence of any nation secure? I'd respectfully suggest the answer is no. We have to stand up to this naked aggression today and deter other would-be aggressors tomorrow. That's why the United States, together with our allies and partners around the world, will continue to stand with the brave people of Ukraine as they defend their sovereignty and territorial integrity and their freedom. I'm, I'm reading comments from our, uh, our viewers. Zelensky looks bored. Zelensky looks constipated. Zelensky looks... <laughs> Irritable. Joe sounds drunk. Shut up, Joe. Well, all right. uh, but but your your uh, analysis here. What what was gained uh, by that type of demonization of Putin personally and and Russia in general in front of an audience largely, though many weren't there, of third world countries who are lining up, literally lining up to join BRICS which is the, the new economic unit that will snuff out the petrodollar. Yeah, well, you know, first I did sound kind of drunk. Um, but the other thing is the people listening to that in that audience and elsewhere are wondering where Biden has been all this time. Of course, he's been in Washington advocating for things like invading Iraq and carving it up. Uh, invading Afghanistan and putting in puppet leaders, um, 
name your country and name your continent. You know, the United States has done what we are accusing Russia of, of doing. And we're, we're certainly the very threat that he is warning against. We, the United States in our past policies and our current policies, we're the threat. And he's defining it very well, although projecting it, you know, on, onto, onto Russia. So um, it's an old story. And um, even today, I mean, Intercept just came out with an article saying the Pakistani uh, coup that occurred or they got rid of their elected leader, got a new guy. Uh, part of that was connected to providing arms to Ukraine. You know, yes. uh, Pakistan, Pakistani democracy is now sacrificed so that arms can be uh, sent to Ukraine to fight against. It's all nuts. And uh, Biden is actually the perfect spokesman for this crazy I mean, the Pakistani thing is is outrageous. They took the most popular uh, leader in the modern era, the former cricket champion, Imre Khan. He's arrested and incarcerated uh, on phony charges. They put the military in charge of the government. They put a puppet as prime minister and they sold or gave arms to Iran. Gee, I wonder who won, who orchestrated that, Tony Blinken, Victoria Newland. These people are utterly, utterly shameless. Here's a little bit more shamelessness. President uh, Zelensky is now in Washington. We have a clip of him taken just about an hour ago. He's walking through a hallway uh, and he shakes hands with Senator Chuck Schumer, majority leader in the Senate, and Senator Mitch McConnell, minority leader in the Senate. You can't hear what uh, Senator McConnell says, but you can hear Chuck Schumer, who bows and then says, we are with you. Watch this. Thank you so much. We are in your corner. All right, I had it wrong. I said we are in your corner. Uh, Gary, run it one more time, please. We are in your corner. Thank you so much. We are in your corner. Well, the Senate quite literally, unfortunately, is in his corner. I don't know what's going to happen uh, in the House of Representatives. There are a lot of Republicans that are opposed to this. Most Democrats are in favor of it. I think Kevin McCarthy is in lockstep uh, with uh, Chuck Schumer. Uh, but things are not going that well for uh, President Zelensky. What happened uh, with the Polish government, uh, Karen? What did the Polish prime minister do? What, why have they changed course 180 degrees? Yeah. Well, it's 180 degrees unless you take the strategic view of Poland's whole set of interests in this. But um, yeah, they stopped, uh, they're, they're stopping the uh, arming of Ukraine. And I guess part of it is uh, fights over the uh, cheap Ukrainian food imports, you know, for the Polish farmers, but also the election that's happening in uh, Poland. And Poland is hosting, I think, the largest number of uh, Ukrainian refugees. So, um, you know, they, Ukraine is a big issue for them. They want the parties are competing, making this, uh, this huge resource flow part of the election. So um, so there's that. But a year ago, over a year ago, uh, Ukraine and Poland um, really 
integrated in many ways in the western part of Ukraine, in the former Polish territory, former part of Poland, really, that whole kind of border side. And, um, you know, they're, they're working on that. You know, they are integrating. Um, Polish uh, businesses and citizens have the same rights as Ukrainian businesses and citizens in that cooperation uh, sphere, which takes up uh, a good part of the uh, uh, western part of, of Ukraine. So, you know, the long-term plan for Poland, uh, if you're very cynical about it, uh, is is certainly being uh, moved upon. And they are at the point now where they no longer, uh, they don't have to arm Ukraine. This thing is over. And they're going to... So, they're gonna so this, this, must, this must be a full-blown political crisis. I don't know what President Zelensky's uh, intel, meaning his intelligence forces, told him to the West. It, it came as a shock because remember uh, 12 months ago, Poland had troops that were ready to march into Ukraine and Biden sent the 101st Airborne. There are 40,000 American troops training with 90,000 Polish troops at the Ukraine-Poland border. And then all of a sudden, Poland says, forget about it. Did they know this was uh, coming? Is this based on domestic Polish political needs? They have to stop the importation of, of Ukrainian grain in order to please the Polish farmers so that the Polish farmers will vote to reelect uh, the Polish government? Mm -hmm. um, I think part of it is that, and part of it is it's time. It's time to uh, integrate <laughs> the, the part of Ukraine into Poland. I think they see that that is something that will benefit them politically, agriculturally, refugee flow-wise. And think about it from the Ukrainian citizen's point of view. I mean, they have this guy, Zelensky, who used to be uh, somewhat popular. But, um, you know, the guy, he's not looking happy. And we know this. We've watched him uh, decline in his political popularity for a long time now. So if you're a Ukrainian living next to Poland, what's better for you? Um, you know, some guy that, that wants to take, has irrational ideas about what his um, soldiers are capable of. Uh the Nazis, I mean, they're not super popular there in the eastern part. So right. what is, you know, what's good for the Ukrainians that live close to Poland? I would say it's probably to um, cooperate and build and grow. And, and uh, you know, the choice is going to be, is Poland, and is the Polish government going to help you rebuild? Or are you going to go for Hillary Clinton and more of the Democratic corrupt money in Washington, which has proven to be, um, very uh, mercurial. It, sometimes it's for you, then sometimes something happens and they drop you like a hot potato. So, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I want you to... Um to watch the Polish president yesterday 
uh, at the UN. He's actually on the East River outside the UN, so you can see a part of the New York uh, skyline behind him. It's in Polish, so I will uh, I will read the subtitles for the benefit of our friends who are enjoying uh, the program just on uh, on audio. It's not very long, but he uses a terrifying terrifying analogy of a drowning swimmer bringing down his attempted rescuers it's like we are dealing with a drowning person anyone who has experienced rescuing a drowning person knows that he is extremely dangerous because he can pull you to the depths that he is extremely dangerous he has unimaginable strength due to fear and the influence of adrenaline and can simply drown the rescuer wow that that has got to be a devastating analysis. So President Zelensky spoke. Uh, Two thirds of the seats uh, were empty. Uh, the New York Times reports on the day he arrives here that he had just fired his defense minister. He fired the entire next level uh, of senior uh, defense people, civilians, uh, not military. And now, once his staunchest uh, ally, at least publicly uh, is saying no longer. No wonder he looked sick during Joe Biden's speech. Karen. That's true. Um, he's got, I think, I think the whole side has worked against him. And of course, the New York Times also published that same day a retraction of their previous article that blamed the Russians of buying a shopping area and, and said, oh, actually, no, no, it was Ukrainians did that. And um, of course, they did it uh, to have an explosion when Blinken was in town. And uh, now the, that very day, the New York Times decided to publish the true story of what happened, which did not make Zelensky look good. So it's like they're lining up against him. And uh, I think it's funny to use the word, I'm in your corner, the Democrats. Uh, that That is the, it's possibly a little Freudian. There is a corner and somebody is cornered. Um, mm. And it is Zelensky, and it is the uh, the, the Democrats, certainly, and those poor uh, American politicians. Uh, I think the CIA has decided it's over. Um, you know, I think we talked, or you have talked about the uh, uh, the letter to uh, the uh, op-ed by the guy who's the CIA canary. And, um, you know, he said, Joe Biden has to go. Well, all of this has to go. It's all connected, and it all has to go. It needs right, to be right. inside the Democrats have no chance of winning next year. Let me also point out that um, President Zelensky was not invited, as he hoped he would, to address a joint session of Congress, which is why you saw him um, shaking hands in public and speaking in private. So after one of those private uh, talks, uh, Congressman Michael McCall came out. Congressman McCall is the chair of the House Armed Services Committee, so aid to Ukraine has to pass through his committee. Congressman uh, McCall is a serious, serious hawk in the uh, Victoria Nuland Tony uh, Blinken camp. But I want you to listen to what Congressman McCall told the press. President Zelensky told members of Congress in private or in secret, but behind uh, closed doors. Thank you. 
that uh, he's winning. Uh, that he's winning, but that um, I asked, what do you need? What's your plans for victory? What do you need? Two things. He took the air cover of the F-16s and the attackers. He needs a longer-range artillery to hit Crimea, where the Iranian drones are coming out of. He doesn't have Right now, his troops are going in with no air cover. They have to take the mines by hand at nighttime. We wouldn't send our troops into that situation. So we need to give them everything they need. If this administration won't give it to them, then I submitted that we write it in our appropriations bill. Oh, my God, what a political piece of nonsense. First of all, he says the uh, Zelensky said that he's winning. Nobody is saying uh, that he's winning. Uh, then he's saying, how can he fight the war? They're removing mines with their hands and they don't have air cover. So they're obviously not winning. Then he said, if this administration won't give them what they want, my God, if it was up to this administration, we would have given them twice what we've given them already. Congress must be the break on what we're giving them, not the impetus on what they want. Yeah, I thought. McCall was speaking largely to his uh, defense industry sponsors. He, he mentioned two big systems that we are not going to put into Ukraine, attack them in the, uh, the F-16s. So we're talking about it, of course, but that would imply that we're going to war directly with Russia. And I think saner minds are, are going to prevail on that. And the way he spoke, he kind of, uh, you know, indicated it's over. Either they get F-16s and attack them tomorrow, which isn't going to happen, or this thing is over. And um, the idea of putting it into the uh, the budget, the uh, authorization, uh, sure, he has to say that. But that is not popular. <laughs> so, you know, he's going to get McCarthy fired. It's fine with me. <laughs> I think it's great. I'm watching this whole thing unfold. Right, right, right. I mean, McCarthy is on such thin ice uh, with the Republicans in the House. I don't know how much longer he's going to be uh, the Speaker of the House. I heard him publicly chastising. President Zelensky two or three days ago, and I thought, gee, Matt, Matt Gates wrote this for him, and now he's saying it because he's worried that Matt Gates is going to depose him. Another uh, story for another time. Uh, F-16s, you're, you're a former colonel in the uh, Air Force. Even if we authorized them, how long would it be before they were there and their pilots were trained to use them? Yeah, well, the, the training program is taking a long time, and it's it's going to take a long time. You could put some older F-16s in there. You could hire mercenary pilots to fly them. I mean, there are people that would do that. Um, so they could probably have them if, if we sent them over. I think that's the big reluctance to send them over there because they could be flown by people, hired pilots from around the world. That I mean, the F-16 pilot loves to fly the airplane. There's no doubt about that. So they could find pilots. Um, but this is, this is, going to demonstrate not just the vulnerability of S-16s without the rest of a system, a war system, the Russians will take them out. And that's embarrassing for the United States. That's not a good look. Um, and also, of course, escalates the war for no reason. And, and, and an Air Force can never take back territory. We already know this. This is, you know, the Air Force says, oh, don't worry, we can do everything, but we can't. The Air Force cannot return to you lost territory. Just can't do it. Um, and the few F-16s that we're talking about allowing them are basically going to be target practice for the Soviets, or if I say Soviets, that's how they're thinking of them, but it'll be target practice for the Russian Air Force and the Russian uh, air defense. They'll go away. It'll be embarrassing. And I think the question on the politicians' minds and CIA and everybody else who, who thinks about retaining power in this country, 
is what's it going to look like when it ends? How much more embarrassment can we, the United States, sustain? Uh, Biden is an embarrassment. This uh, mistaken uh, defense of Ukraine is an embarrassment. Um, everything we've done is an embarrassment. Um, how much more can we take? And we've got an election year next year. And I think they're looking to wrap it up. I heard somebody say by Thanksgiving. And um, I think politically, the, the work is in play already to make that happen. Um, this is bad for the United States. And at the point that it threatens the elite control in this country, it's over. And I think uh, Zelensky knows this. You can see it on his face. Um, he needs to move to one of his houses and make sure he has a lot of security with him and uh, move on to the next phase. Colonel Kwiatkowski, always a pleasure, my dear friend. Thank you very much for joining us. Okay, well, thank you for having me. Well, there you have it. More as we get it, of course. Um, uh, Major Matthew Ho, Marine Corps retired, former uh, State Department, a brilliant uh, analyst on the mistakes of war at 2 o'clock this afternoon Eastern. Our roundtable tomorrow on Friday and the great professor at 2.30 Eastern Friday and the great professor Jeffrey Sachs, the origins of COVID and the disaster this week at the UN at 3.30 Friday. Morris, we get it. Uh, Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom, where we're always looking out for your liberty. <laughs>